and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G. Marino. And guys, Super Wildcard Weekend is over. Some very interesting games to say the least. We now know what the divisional round is upon us. Eight teams to go in this year's NFL playoffs. Um, So should be a great time to say the least. But guys, first initial thoughts about what happened this past weekend. Um, None of these teams look good besides two of them. That and uh, in my opinion, there, there needs to be some coaching discussions. Um, a couple of them, and I doubt we see one or two of these teams again next season. I think that's fair to say. I mean, there is definitely some interesting coaching decisions made by some of these coaches this past weekend, and in my opinion, I kind of agree with you, Grayson. I think two coaches in particular should potentially be fired for how they handled their pre, the, you know, their game this past weekend, but. As of now, they're both still with their teams, respectively. So we'll have to see what happens in the next coming days. There's still going to be coaching changes as the season goes on. But with that being said, let's get into the first game of Super Wildcard Weekend between two divisional rivals, Seattle Seahawks going into Santa Clara, taking on the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, going into the first half, the Seahawks played a great game. I mean, they kept it, you know, kept going back and forth with this 49ers team, didn't want to give in. And, you know, succumb to what, what what a lot of people believe is going to be the NFC favorite to make the Super Bowl this year. But Seattle kept it close, got the lead going into the halftime thanks to a late rough in the passer quarterback or, you know, intentional foul on the San Francisco 49ers. So Seattle took a 17-16 lead going into the break. But once the second half started, it was pretty much all 49ers. They got a key goal line uh, turnover, which really stopped the momentum of the Seahawks led to a Niners touchdown, and they pretty much wrapped that game up from there. And then they win this one 41-23. They now move on to the divisional round of the playoffs. And for the Seattle Seahawks, listen, nothing to be ashamed of for what was, in particular, a very shocking season, to say the least. A lot of people, including myself, believed that they were going to be the worst team in the NFL. They finished 9-8, and make the playoffs, really kept it close with the Niners up until the second half. And they still get... A top five draft pick thanks to the trade for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. They'll have two first round picks this upcoming draft. So there's definitely some bright future going for Seattle after this game. Yeah, I mean, Seattle definitely surprised borderline the whole football community, I'd say. Um, I wish they showed a little bit more in the second half of this game. It just, they were just outclassed, though. Uh, it's sad. Because, I mean, personally, it was sad for me. I had them plus nine. Terrible, terrible betting for me. Horrible. Should have known better. It, it, it looked good in the first half. It looked I can't great. Blame you. And then my father said, oh, you're in good shape. And then Man, I knew I was down Yeah, the kiss of death. Exactly. But besides that, um, I mean, defense kind of, I wouldn't say fell apart in the second half. I think that's a very... I think it came down to a little No, I, you could say defense fell apart. Because defense the fell day, apart. I, I, don't, I don't care how good Brock Purdy looks. You little rookie quarterback just uh, absolutely just yeah. destroy you at the end of the yeah. day. Like, 
Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you let I mean, you let Brock Purdy throw for I think three hundred yards and four touchdowns. Or, uh, and three thirty-two, three touchdowns, and, and a rushing he had touchdown. a rushing touchdown. Yep. Okay, so he threw for three touchdowns. I know he had four. Yeah. It, at the end of the day, though, I mean, we like you just said, nobody really expected this team to be anything. So, like, it. No, I'm not going to move the goalposts. See, Seattle was lucky to be here, but they got shown why they shouldn't have been here in the first yeah. place. I mean, they just yeah. had a really bad fourth quarter at the end of the day. That's really what it came down they to. They just made too many mistakes in the second half in this game. And yeah. like I said, that goal line, you know, they were down 23-17, had the ball in the red zone, could have taken the lead with a touchdown, but a key turnover, you know, yep. on a fumble, that's really what, you know, changed the game in essence for Seattle. It just was okay. all Niners from there on then. And like I said, nothing to be ashamed for Seattle. Now, the biggest question for them going into the offseason is, what well, is the situation at court? Exactly. What do they do at quarterback? I would say Geno Smith gets an extension. I think you have to give him that after an unbelievable season, Where to are they say picking? the least. Because they have the Broncos they have the, pick. they have the number five pick. Do you get Do you get uh, Levis at that point? No, so, you don't. If you're going to keep yeah. Gino, you do not. You could get him at, listen, you could get him at twenty at the rate. You never yeah, know. I, I really might. don't think Levis goes. Yeah, in I mean, the top 10. I mean, I really how long don't. do you keep Gino for though? I think. I, mean, I think with his age, I think you have to give him like a two to three year deal. Yeah, right, I so you let a quarterback develop behind him. That's fine. Well, or you just wait. If you give him a one year extension, and you wait, yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams is coming out next year. That's true. I mean. Yeah, but you have to tank at that point, Ben. Um, I think Pete Carroll. Have, Pete you, seen this, never have been you seen this roster? Yeah, but Pete Carroll has never been a fan of. Hey, listen, the way they played this season, look. a lot of people might want to play for this team. Point out, give me one That's time fair. where Pete Carroll just says, "Oh, okay, I just want to tank." How, how many coaches legitimately do that, though? Come on, um, not many, but unless but you're organizations like Houston, do, to, unless you're the Houston Texans, then, yeah, yeah, the Texans. Well, they're just their own travesty of an organization. Yeah. Um, fuck this whole city. Coaches don't tank, but, but organizations do, and I can guarantee Seattle's not going to tank. So I think that's they will not tank. A, no, no, they will not tank. One hundred percent not. But I just don't. Is this roster good enough though to repeat this? I think they can. Also, just you take a quarterback and waiting. But hold on. But a quarterback alone isn't helping this team. This team has issues all over the place. Right. Right, but you put a guy that you no, put in you waiting to learn the system. The, no, Seattle's biggest problem is they need pass rushing. Yeah, that has been a problem stability. for them. I would rather have stability at the quarterback position, and when you need a quarterback, you draft a quarterback. That's that's way easier said than done. Keep, that, well, is remember, way, that is that is straight well, hold up on. ignorant. Wait, hold on. Ignorant? What are you talking about? Do you think quarterbacks grow on trees? Uh, I mean, if you look at the last five years, they basically have. Pass rushers grow on trees. Uh, bro, quarterback position right now is at the best it's ever been. Well, remember, you gotta, you guys can keep in mind, they have the number five and the number 20 pick, if I'm not mistaken. I know they have five. I don't know where their current pick is. I think it's in the 20s. Besides that, they have extra draft pick capital from the Denver Broncos. Exactly. So they could easily move up with that 20th pick into the teens, maybe – you know, 12 at that point to get a quarterback. They could still get a guy like Will Levis, and that's fine. They don't necessarily have to try to trade up for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young because they already have a current quarterback that's good enough. Teams like the Colts and the Texans, they need those type of quarterbacks 100%. because those are franchise-saving quarterbacks. The Seahawks don't need to be in a situation where they need a quarterback to save the franchise. They right, just made the playoffs. I think you take, which is why I think you take Levis. But I, don't, which, I don't see... But also, hold on. The... 
the whole oh sit a quarterback. That's not how the NFL is anymore. You don't draft a guy in the first round to sit him. Well, you start him. Well, uh, not necessarily. I mean, remember the Chiefs did that with Patrick Mahomes. They but, sat okay, him for a whole season. Buddy, I mean, I heard Mahomes Jordan Love's had... getting a lot of playing time lately. Oh my god, that's also true. Gross. Jordan Love has him in the last five years. Yes, pe- many franchises have taken a quarterback, even the first or second rounds, and they've sat him. Justin Fields didn't start off right away either. But I'm saying, okay, Fields should have started out the bat. We all knew that. That but was a joke. But saying the narrative of you have to start them immediately is never is not most most of the time the case. In my personal opinion, you first round players. Can he pick it? Get started in his first game. Look at Trey Lance. Same thing happened with him. And Trey Lance's gang do will do the same exact thing Brock Purdy's doing. I mean, let's sit here and call a spade a spade. Brock Purdy is doing a pretty damn good job in this offense. Did you really need to have Trey Lance? We haven't really seen enough of Trey Lance yet. I, I'm just I saying, don't know what Trey I'm Lance saying, is. I'm saying in general though. Did you need to draft Trey Lance? I mean, Jimmy G was doing a pretty good job with this team. I, I, I don't. Jimmy G is very hit or miss every season. I, that's fair. And I know you want to defend Gino because he and went to West Virginia. No, that's not why I'm not. De- that's, that's not why I'm defending Gino at all. I'm defending Gino on the fact of I. You give the guy at least two more years. Yes, I just don't. Just but, like, oh, wait, 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 can I fit? I just don't see the point of you but just need the playoffs. But but uh, that's but he's he wants to still take a quarterback in the first round. I'm yes, saying he's saying take a quarterback in the first round. You can yeah, still play Geno and then but let him develop in the system. And why not take guys that will help your team right now? You just you have the playoffs, Grayson. They have okay, first round. Okay, picks. Grayson. You just said in one breath. I don't think they'll be able to do it next year. Name one player I in the first round possible. that will change that outcome next year. Tell me, buddy. There's a I'm reason saying, they have two first round general. picks. That we're all we're all forgetting that they have two first round picks. All right, fine. That, Give me two guys then. They could just name one time defender and like a, like they could get a really good defensive player and still draft a quarterback with that second first round pick. One second, you gotta remember I, that. I, I want to look at mock drafts for a second. There, there is easily a scenario where they could do that because, you're like sitting, I said, they you're have sitting the draft here telling me that Denver. I don't think they can do it next year. They need to draft someone. Then tell me that one guy that's going not, to make them a playoff contender. They're already a playoff contender, obviously. They just but you just said next year and how could it probably make I it, bro? So you need to be potentially not. I said potentially not. Yeah, and potentially I could walk outside and find a penny, bro. That doesn't really mean anything. You have to take a hard stance here. No, hard broadcast where you want to no, get your popcorn. You take, it, you take a defensive player, an edge rusher, and then you take an offensive lineman. And then your team has pretty much put two positions that are very hard to have solid right, players cool. at okay. Okay. in the first so, two rounds. Why okay. would you – when you have a guy that just had one of his best seasons of his whole career – Let's you already also, have weapons around him. Like, what is the point? Let's of keep in mind with the Seahawks. In the first round? They're never they Seahawks are never most of the time are not really that good at drafting in the first round. They're known for drafting in the middle rounds, so they necessarily don't have to find that big time player in the first round. They usually find diamonds in the rough all the time in the middle round of the draft. Hundred percent. But I just I don't see the point. Of a playoff team going out and drafting a quarterback after he's you know what the season. Chiefs with Alex Smith. They definitely oh shouldn't have drafted God. Patrick Mahomes. They definitely shouldn't have done that. They did. They did, though. Remember, the Chiefs were a playoff team without Alex Smith. Okay. And they traded up together. Alex Smith, Alex Smith and Geno Smith, Alex Smith is, is still a very good quarterback. I agree. Alex Smith, Alex Smith is a way better it. quarterback than Geno Smith. I disagree with that. All right, buddy. Alex Smith was a legit I need to see more from Geno. That's my problem. 
That's fair. Yeah, I got one year. You know, actually, literally you know, I literally one more. decent year. He has one decent year. That's what he's got so far. At least you knew you you knew what you were getting out of Alex Smith. That, he was a game, he's a I'll game managing quarterback. Alex Smith, game, you knew you were going to get 3,800 yards with about yeah. 25 touchdowns year in, year out with a lot of interceptions. I personally do not see the point of the, they trade away a quarterback. Correct? All right, Grayson. So, Hold so on. Wait, wait, can, yeah. Let me finish. They trade away a quarterback, right? Yeah. They trade away an old, they trade away an you, old man. A hundred percent. I agree with that move. If they were going to draft a quarterback this season, going into the year, wouldn't you like, I don't know, not start Geno Smith all year? Well, the plan like, was for them to dra- to start Drew Locke and then until Geno beat him for that spot in camp, if you remember that. Yeah. You want to know why? Because that put them into a playoff contention. And you know what? You yeah, build Drew around this. You build around this. I don't see. So, why Grayson, you, don't you said you extend it for two. You said you extend Gino for two years, right? Yeah, and if ne- so, by next year, holy, if by next year it's not working out, you'll have another high draft pick, and then you draft a quarterback. How hard be, is that? Uh, can you can you guarantee yourself a quarterback next year? There's a lot of good quarterbacks coming. I'm out asking, next season. can you guarantee yourself? A you said Caleb Williams. Williams. I don't know what Caleb Williams. You get a draft. Yeah. I don't know what the quarterback class is as after him. One, right, as of right now, things can change seven or eight months from now. As of right now, that is a one-man quarterback draft. That's not what uh, people are saying. I'm just... Okay, then name another quarterback. I mean, name you got Drake May. Okay, great. The guy from UNC. Okay. He, what, you're going to say he's bad? He's, he's going to be, gonna be a first-round quarterback just because he's played under a system with Mac Brown. That's typical, like, you know, systems that, you know, most of the teams in the NFL like. So he'll probably I mean, be a first-round quarterback. You also have Deion's son, also with that draft. We'll uh, see the, what he does this year. Yeah, the, jury, the, the, the jury's out. The jury's out on him, but you'll see what happens. I mean, Jane Daniels is in this draft. Like, you make it like there's bums. Like, there's still good players the coming problem, up in this The problem is, you knew going into this draft, there was bona fide stars in CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Okay, and then after that, I'm there's saying, a huge drop-off. I know, I'm saying going into, I know, but going into next season, you have one bona fide stud and Caleb Williams, and then it's a, still kind of a drop-off after that. But my point is, wouldn't you rather build a team around and then have the potential but of drafting think, other But people? I don't think like, they need, I don't think they need that much building. I think they have a good structure in place. You get an edge rusher and offensive lineman. They could, you get, you could easily get offensive linemen in second and third rounds. But I mean, those first round tackles are important. Sometimes you don't. You don't probably honestly in the third and fourth round they produce they produce many Pro Bowl tackles. Not, it is not uncommon. I'm it's not very, saying it's a lot more uncommon to find a Pro Bowl quarterback in the third and fourth round. But what are you sold on any of these quarterbacks outside of Stroud and and Young? Uh I'm not sold only because I don't know where they're going to be drafted. It all depends on the system. You got to remember that. We don't know where they go. Like, which quarterback fits this system? You sit there and tell me which one fits this system, because I can't tell you one. That's why you sit him for a couple seasons to make them but learn the system. Yeah, you let them learn the system. Him. Thank you, Nick. You don't take these guys. I don't. I am not sold on any of these quarterbacks outside of the top two. I bet you could be sold on Drake May, who's a complete unknown. Drake May is not an unknown. Stop. He's a lot more of an unknown than these quarterbacks right now. I sev- I completely. He's a sophomore with one season at a mediocre UNC team. Come on. Okay. You said it yourself. And the Will, ACC and is Will, trash. And Will Levis just played his worst football, but you want to draft him in the top ten? He plays in a real conference. Oh, shut the fuck up. 
He plays in a real conference, bro. Oh, my God. You know what? There's so many times I agree with you, but he was a complete bum. I would have rather took Jackson Dart over him this season. I don't even know who that is. He's the Ole Miss uh, quarterback. Yeah, no, he sucks then. If I don't know who he is, he sucks then. I I don't see what the hype is around like the guys it's outside the, the it's top the, two. It's the pro system. That's it is. I'm telling you, there was no hype around Daniel Jones either. And Daniel Jones didn't show it till now because he actually is a head coach. How I'm, much longer is Pete Carroll going to be the head coach? I don't know, but if you can learn them to Pete Carroll for a couple of seasons, that'd be pretty beneficial to any young quarterback in the NFL. I remember they, got, they didn't get they got Russell Wilson in the third round. They developed him well. And he started. Yeah, he started right off of camp. Because he exactly. beat out because he beat out Matt Flynn, who they give a contract uh, in the offseason. Who Matt Flynn was a bum. And we everybody knew he was a bum. But you could say it's the like same Gino, thing about, just like Dino was a bum, about Gino. Gino just had a good season though. I know I understand that, but you can easily... did Matt Flynn ever have a good season. I agree with you on that. I'm just saying. You like, could, he, I, Gino could easily be beaten out in the training camp. I'm not saying he can't be, but I just don't see the point of drafting a first round quarterback. Well, this is why you're not an because, NFL GM because you have a thir- you have an age you have a guy that's th- okay, around 32 on. years old. If you're gonna give him a two to three year deal, he's gonna be 34, 35 at the end of it. So you're gonna want someone young on your team to be. I'm a backup. not disagreeing with you, but like that's like saying okay. I want to make sure I have my reference. Okay, why draft Jimmy Garoppolo when you have Tom Brady? Jimmy Garoppolo was was a first-round quarterback. But I'm asking, why would you draft a quarterback? You're talking, oh my God. You're bringing up a third-round quarterback to a first-round quarterback. You know that's a completely different fucking world. So then why are the Packers Uh, right there? So then why are the Packers right there? Jordan Love then. I don't know. Why is the Chiefs draft Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes was a can't-miss prospect. Really? Mahomes was a can't miss prospect. Mahomes was a, you can tell me, Josh Allen was a can't can't miss prospect. They didn't have a quarterback. I think we're getting lost on the track. The the, the fact is, at the end of the day, Geno gets, I'm agreeing with you, Geno deserves to be the star next season. But Johnson's argument is also, I don't think so. Because not if the all. worst case scenario, you suck next season, you're drafting in the top ten again. But you you might not be able to get the guy you really want. Well, you might not be able who the hell wants any of these guys after fucking Stroud and fucking Young. I guarantee it was gonna be three or four quarterbacks taken in the first round. Book it. <sighs> I, There's going to be. The, I, I agree with you. Will. There will. probably will, but how I just don't see them having long careers. I'm sorry. You're going to take Anthony that. Richardson? We don't know. Someone's probably going to take him at the end of the first round. Yeah, someone's going to take Anthony retarded. Richardson. We, we don't, don't, we don't know what – the, the whole narrative – I said three to four, uh, so I'm going to say Richardson, Levis, Stroud, and uh, and Young. We don't know uh, what these quarterbacks are going to be. We could all say they suck now. They could easily be really good quarterbacks in a couple years. We don't know. You got to give it time. Yeah, which is why you, you can't just go based. You can't just go based off of what you think they are in college and just think that they're going to be absolutely terrible because they had a one bad season. You never know. I I personally just don't. I, Will Levis showed me a lot and then showed me absolutely nothing. So you know that's what? Why you, that, that's why if you get drafted and go into a system, you could be fixed. It, it happens. Look at Daniel Jones. He was he looked terrible. Brian Dable comes in. He's he looks like he's been fixed. It all depends on who your coaching staff is. 
And I just personally don't see how much longer Pete Carroll is going to be a head coach. That, that's and then that's fair. Yeah, I he's he's that. old. I agree with you. He is old. No one's disagreeing uh, with you on that. And who knows what the hell a new regime is going to have as a, a system? I just don't see the point of drafting like a, a first round quarterback when you have other needs at this current second. That's why, like I said, they have two first round picks. You could do whatever you need to Paul do. Johnson. Put put it to you this way: If they only had the twentieth pick, would you say it's still draft a quarterback? Yes. <laughs> you literally just told me they may not make the playoffs next year. So tell me what oh, player would man. make them a bona fide playoff contender at twenty? Tell me. I just, give me I give me any prospect. Give me. It could you could you could be you could be like pull a Patriots right now and take Cole Strange in the first round for all I care. No, there isn't anybody that. Is going to push them, but they were still a good. So team. if like there's no said, one there to push wait, them, wait, wait, and if the wait. majority of the team is aging out, what do you do? You get the biggest foundational piece, piece potentially going potentially. forward. In the first round, is fucking retarded. You are not drafting a first round quarterback after making the playoffs, especially when you have the potential of building on this season. You when know you, what? The Chiefs should have taken won. an O-lineman. They should have taken a defensive end. God. Same thing with the Packers. They should have taken someone else. Well, the Packers should have taken him. Well, Aaron Rodgers is about to be gone now. And so it'll be it'll be Jordan Love time soon. Uh, I mean, that's fair. But let's not get sidetracked. Let's just move on to the next game. This is why it's, you know, debates have to bring up these conversations. Ooh. So God. either way. Let's move on to the next game between the Jaguars and the Chargers. And what was by far a clown show, to say the least, in Jacksonville this week, the way this game went. Absolutely wacky, to say the least. Looked like the Chargers were going to absolutely destroy Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence had an unbelievably horrible first half. He throws four interceptions. I mean, two on the first two drives. Jacksonville pretty much is done. They're going into the half, trailing 27 to 7. They at one point were down 27 to nothing, so they got a touchdown before the half to, you know, cut the deficit. But then they go into halftime, and it's as if a switch kind of, you know, flipped for them, and everything started to go their way. And the Chargers, they've seen this story before where they've had these big leads, especially in big time games like this, and they blow. The I believe it's the third largest playoff lead in postseason history. Had a twenty-seven nothing lead, as I said before. They lose on a last-second field goal, thirty-one to thirty. Jacksonville pulls off an unbelievable comfort behind upset to move on into the divisional round. And for the Chargers, it's this you know back-to-back years now where they have really, really tough season-ending defeats. Last year, you had the overtime loss to the Raiders, in which they could have easily tied. And gone to the playoffs. They call the timeout. They lose because of that. Then they lose this game due to a really bad second half on the offensive side from them. And Jacksonville, you know, give them the credit. Their defense played strong in the second half. Trevor Lawrence, after a rocky first half, had a great second half. He finishes with four touchdowns and four interceptions. I believe he's the first quarterback to throw four picks in a game, in a playoff game, and still win somehow. So credit to him. And the Chargers, I mean... There's not much else you could say. I mean, they fired their offensive coordinator and their QB coach today after a season in which a lot of people had expectations for them, including myself, and they just ended very, very flat. 
Justin Herbert had a had an on and off game in this one, two seventy three and a touchdown. They couldn't run the ball at all, and now for the Chargers, they go into another offseason with a lot of you know questions. And one of the biggest questions is: Should Brandon Staley still be the head coach? In my opinion, uh, no, probably should be fired. But if he hasn't been fired at this rate, he's not going to be fired. The guy should have been should have even allowed to get back on the plane. That was an absolute travesty, that second half from the Chargers. I mean, credit to the Jaguars and not giving up, and a ton of credit to Trevor Lawrence having an insane second half. But for the love of God, how do you give up a 27 nothing lead and still have a job in the playoffs? I... I I can't, I can't understand how he hasn't been fired yet. With the amount of talent on this team, and the decision the week before to play Mike Williams, where he gets hurt, should have been fired. Simple as that. Like, I don't understand what the Chargers front office is thinking. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think they're, gonna, they're obviously at this rate, it looks like they're going to give him one more season. Um, I guess that's all really you can do. Um, the biggest story really for me is for Staley is he was signed by the Chargers because he was really good at L.A. with the Rams with how their defense was. It was a big reason why the Rams, you know, were how they were the past couple of seasons with defensively. And since he's gone to the Chargers, the Chargers have ranked lowest in the NFL and yards per game allowed, especially on the ground. They have, they are allowing, I think, around 130, 150 yards and that and around that, you know, trajectory when it comes to rushing yards per game. And you saw it in this one. Travis Etienne had 109 yards, had a key fourth and one play in which it set up the game winning field goal. Um and it's really sad because they brought up a lot of you know, they brought in a lot of talent in the offseason, Khalil Mack, JC Jackson, just to name a few. And that was on top of the guys they already had there, guys like Derwin James and Joey Bosa. And their defense just, just looks absolutely flat the entire, most of the season. And their offense, like we said, just they couldn't get anything done. The defense got five turnovers forced. So they did some, you know, they, for the most part, did a decent job to force that turnovers in this game. But the offense just, very, you know, was very, very flat. They only ran the ball, I think, seven or eight times in the second half. So I'm not sure what their game plan was going into the second half, but was not good to say the least. And now because of that, they're going home and Jacksonville moves on to the second round. Now, did anyone here mention Joey Bosa, his actions on the field that I don't want to, didn't put I don't them. blame him though. I no, don't, I don't yes, either. Yes, I don't it was a stupid blame penalty. him it was a stupid reaction. But it was a dumb penalty. However, you have in that moment you need to control your emotions. I know. And I'll give if him a he, ton of credit. I'm sorry I cut you off. But he took full responsibility for it. Like, afterwards, he was 100% accountable. Like, I have to give him a ton of credit. You don't really hear that very often from players now. Well, uh, he's he's a veteran. He's supposed to be a leader on that team. And he made a rookie mistake. I'm happy that he made up for it. Obviously, the Chargers weren't going to... Um, I shouldn't say that. The Chargers had a chance of making a postseason run here. Um but clearly, there's a lot of internal problems uh, with that coaching staff that hopefully they kind of fix this offseason. 
But going back to Joey Bosa, he's supposed to be a veteran and a leader, and he kind of let his emotions get ahead of him. You have to really think if he doesn't react like that. I mean, the dude, game would go. To, the game would be going to overtime. The game because, went to overtime because remember that was when the char the Chargers lead was trimmed down to four. It was thirty to twenty six. Yep. The penalty forced the Jaguars to then go for two because why not? You're at the one yard line. Yep. Either you get it and you you make it a two point game, you can kick a game winning field goal, or you don't get it and you just have to drive down the field and try to get one more touchdown. So, yep. in hindsight, it could have worked out for LA. And at the obviously, it didn't work out for them with Lawrence running it in for the two point conversion. But there is, like you said, Bosa definitely makes a rookie mistake doing that. But again, I don't don't blame him for it because the referees in that game were very very abysmal to say the least. And it's again another reoccurring problem for what has been most of this postseason so far. A lot of really bad calls by these NFL referees, which has been a reoccurring problem realistically for the past couple seasons in the NFL. I think that's in all sports, though. Refereeing is just. I think, well, so, especially in the NFL. It's I want to go one uh, one step deeper, one uh, one step more than you guys mentioned. Yes, it's in all sports, but the root of this cause is the actual organizations themselves the NFL, the MLB, the NBA. Oh, yes, they have their two minute reviews and they have their notes at the end of games, but at the end of the day, you're still protecting these referees. There's yep. absolutely nothing, unless there is a referee union, which I highly doubt. There is um, nothing. They're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. I highly doubt there's a referee union. Oh, remember they what? They remember the NFL had a uh, the referees lot, refs. Yeah, they had yeah. the placement refs. So yeah, I remember that. If I was the NFL, and you obviously have internal reports for these referees, if you're scoring below a certain percentage at the end of your game reports when you're fixing the rules in New York, you should be axed at the end of the season, or you should be sent back to college, or if you're a Division One ref, you should be moved down Division Two, and vice versa. You have to promote these referees and reprimand them with their pay. As as bad as that sounds, there has to be consequences to the actions, because we've been having this same conversation with referees across all sports for the better part of two decades now. Oh, why is it so bad? Now, if today, now today with instant replay, and you can slow down with all the multiple camera ang- angles, there's a lot less to discuss. There should be um, pretty much no discussion. And I think another thing is they don't want to give these coaches more challenge flags or let them in the, in the challenge flags in the NFL or yeah, the but that's going to take in the NBA. But it's yeah, going to take longer in the game. Which yeah, who, who cares if it takes longer? Well, no, would you rather have the game be longer or would you have the game no. be right? A lot of people, a lot of people say that for the next look, game we'll talk about. But you also have to look at it this way too, Johnson. Like I, I agree with you to an extent, but it's a lot of these games are trying to cut time down. Right. No, you're hundred percent so, right. They're trying to like, cut down to keep people focusing the on the game. Yeah, Cause the attention span. So you know how you solve now. that then you get rid of the really bad, give the give him for Give but, him the challenges for of completion. Give these refer, give these coaches unlimited challenges. They should be unlimited until no, you get something. No, wrong. yes, no, you cannot Why not? do that at all. Because that's fucking ridiculous. Think about how long an NFL game can potentially go. Yeah, but you know what? Then that would force you to get better referees. No, it wouldn't. Really? It wouldn't? I severely doubt that. I I really just think... I I agree that there should be a system that grades referees and that they should have a going up and going down system. I 100% agree with so you So if that. there's no fine, if there's no too. peak... But the instant replay... F- 
unlimited instant replays is ridiculous. If there's absolutely no peak, that, man, if you think we cannot get better referees, then just give me robo umps and give me robo referees. No, because that, that takes the human aspect well, out of the game. Triple A baseball's doing that this year, and I don't like that. I really don't. Listen, you you can either w- want to hold on to the pass, or you could be right. There's uh, there's two options here. No, I think there's still a way to have both. I mean, some of these have been agreed. I think that there has to be less of a. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of how I want to put this. And particular crews are way worse than other ones. Okay, that's what I was about to say. Uh, there should be it should be a set rule. This is how it is, no matter what. It shouldn't be your view on how that rule should be. Should be if, called. If I was Roger Goodell, if I was uh, if I was Rob Manfred, if I was Adam Silver, I would have no problem giving coaches unlimited replays and challenge flags until you get something wrong. You know why? I would have that confidence because I'd be confident in my referees to call the game the right way almost ninety percent of the time. <laughs> but you're completely eliminating a human error. Which, there should not you, be human error in sports okay, from the referee's should, part. Okay, if there shouldn't be human error in sports, there shouldn't be human error anywhere. So you know what? Just have everybody be robots from now on. Just play a robotic game. I mean, that's what you're basically saying. Okay, Grayson, I'm gonna. Okay, you go to mis- Okay, you go to work. If you make 18 mistakes, this is now right? the second if time you, you want to get. Oh, if you one. go to work, Grayson, let's say you go to work and you make 18 mistakes after two or three, I'm gonna say, ah, oh, yeah, it's fine. Don't fix it. 18 mistakes. There's not 18 mistakes a game. And it's not by one person; it's by crews. You can't. What? What? Oh my god! I'm asking. No, I'm asking. If you keep on making mistakes, I guess tell you at a certain point now that's fine. Eighteen could oh. be a little extreme, but after your fifth or sixth time in the same game, don't act like there's been there hasn't been but any. These are crews. You can't like some. Pe- you can't just randomly. Oh my god! The fucking line. Uh, I'm gonna use a hockey reference, but a linesman and a referee can see two totally different things, and that's completely fine. You wonder why? Because they have two fucking different angles, right? And then you know what they do? They the line. They go. They, over, have, a con- they have a discussion, have a and then they overturn it. That's how hard it should be. But you don't have to go to replay. I'm not saying you have to use instant replay the entire time. But that's really what you just said. I'm saying if it is incorrect. No, you said give them unlimited replays. They should. They should. Nick, what's your opinion on this? Uh, My opinion is I'm just here so I won't get fined. No, a real fucking answer. That is a real answer. No, his answer. He wants to be impartial, and that is his. That is his right to be impartial. I I understand the refs have to be better. I don't disagree with you. But the fact that you just want to be able to give everybody unlimited replays until you're wrong. be embarrassed in your product, bro. That's all I can tell you. That's why the NFL and NBA and MLB and NHL doesn't do it because they're embarrassed by their product. Don't well, act like referees don't try to fix games either. That's definitely happened in multiple playoff series. Oh, of course. my God. You're talking about the 80s and 90s. Even uh, before, that's a lot like, more recent than the '80s and '90s, buddy. Man. You're talking Acting like Tim Donahue wasn't in the last decade or so. Oh come on! Well, I know one person's gonna be triggered by hearing that name, so I'm gonna try. Oh, Christian. Jesus Christ! Anyway, man, like... let's just let's just let's just move on to the next game. But little quick synopsis. Uh, congratulations to the Jaguars and Doug Peterson. I hate to really you know congratulate him due to his previous history with a certain team that I hate which we'll be playing this uh, upcoming weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But he's done a great job his first year at Jacksonville. He's gotten this team to a 9-8 record. They won the division after starting off 4-8. and 
Now they're in the divisional round, and they'll be facing a very formidable opponent, which we'll preview a little bit later on. But let's go into this next game, which was a very long game, to say the least. And, you know, when people we were talking about this conversation about, you know, games being prolonged due to, you know, looking at certain replays. You saw that in this game by far between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Seemed like as if this game was going to go on forever. It actually led to the Giants and Vikings game being kicked off a little bit later on the day because of how long it was going. But nonetheless, it was a, you know, a very wacky game again is in this one too. Buffalo at one point up 17 to nothing. Looked like they were going to be cruising to an easy win against the Miami Dolphins team playing their third string quarterback in Skylar Thompson. But give the Dolphins some credit. They played very, very good in, you know, most uh, throughout the second half, realistically. They were able to make it 17 to 17, went into the half trailing by three and a late field goal from Tyler Bass. But on the first play of the second half, they returned a fumble for a touchdown to take the lead at one point, which is surprising considering how, you know, they got, like I said, they had the third string quarterback, really was struggling to stop Josh Allen and company in the first half. But they forced a couple of big time, you know, mistakes from Josh Allen. He had two interceptions in this game and that fumble, which led to a touchdown. But the Bills were able to persevere, come back, and hold on for a 34-31 win. So Buffalo doesn't really play the greatest of games in this one, but are able to hang on and win the game. They now go to the divisional round, which they'll be hosting their next game, which we'll preview in a little bit. But for Miami, listen, can't be disappointed. I mean, obviously, the way your season went, you were 83, ended it really badly with a five-game lose streak, still were able to make the playoffs even though that last game of the season was absolutely terrible against the Jets. Um, we'll have to see what happens for them next season. Obviously, there's going to be concerns with two attack of Iloa. Um, you know, a lot of concussions this season. There's been the rumors of Tom Brady. We don't know what happens with that. Um, but for Miami, there's still a lot of bright spots on this team. We'll have to see where they go from here. But for Buffalo, they'll try to keep this momentum going into their next home game. This next, this upcoming Sunday. I think it should be more Buffalo being embarrassed than Miami being good. I actually being, agree with that. I'm being quite honest with you. Uh, Miami sh- shouldn't well, have Miami, been here to begin with. Let's Buffalo be real. Definitely, definitely, I'll agree. Was Miami didn't? It's not as if Miami, you know, was playing no, their way did, into they, getting back. Buffalo was giving the Miami Dolphins a chance to win this game. Miami oh, yeah. essentially won a field goal competition the week prior. That's why they're Correct. here. You're right. They played a badly beaten down Jets team. They scraped by that, and then they play Buffalo, which has been an offensive juggernaut, juggernaut for most of the year. They were probably going to lose to the Bengals in that game the way the, it was going, but there's obviously we can't say anything for certain. We'll find out this week. Yeah, we'll find out. I guess we'll find out this week. You're right. But Miami... If I'm the Buffalo defense, I'm embarrassed by my performance. If I'm Josh Allen, I'm even a little embarrassed by having some of those boneheaded turnovers. Well, I'll, I'll give him a pass on one of the turnovers, dude, because, you know, went off of Cole Beasley's hand. So, yeah, I mean, that's that not one, his fault. Also, that should be attributed to I'd Cole say Beasley. Because that deep throw, I forget who he was throwing to, but they ran, like, a late, like, route change. Like, it was after Allen had already thrown the ball, he cut in to go towards – the middle of the field. No, I will. Cause I'm on, I'm pretty sure the play call was going straight and he weaved and then ended up getting caught. Like yeah. if, when I rewatched it, I'm like, 
how can you really blame Allen for his receiver changing the route mid, like all the way downfield? The receivers in this game did struggle a lot. There was a lot of drop passes between both of these wide, you know, teams wide receivers, and that's one of the reasons. A bit another reason why Miami was not able to win this game. You saw a lot of drops oh, yeah. from guys like Jalen Waddle. Um, Tyreek Hill did the best of his abilities, but yes, Skylar Thompson credit. He started off the game pretty slow. Did end up, you know, playing a, you know, I would say a formidable game, you know, kept them in the game, did make some good throws when needed to be, but Buffalo just at the end of the day, just was a little bit better in this game. And because of that, they get to move on. Miami will now go into the off season and, you know, we'll try to figure out what they, where they go from here and what they can do to improve and try to compete in the AFC East and, and of all the AFC. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I was a little disappointed from Buffalo in this game. I was actually really disappointed. I expect them to put a way bigger win up. I mean, they just played shitty. Uh, both sides of the ball really didn't impress me. Allen had stretches where he looked dominant and then also stretches where it's just like, what the hell are you doing? They had a lot of drops. Um. I think Miami actually should deserve to win this game at the end of the day, which uh, me saying that, imagine. Um, But I really think Miami deserved to win this game because Buffalo proved to me that they really just don't, they didn't want to win this game or they were, or what they, what was possible is the team overlooked the dolphins looking forward to their next matchup. Which is possible, but also kind of stupid concerning the playoffs. I, I think they were potentially looking towards the Ravens, game, uh, the the Bengals. And well, just, I mean, the problem is they they wouldn't have known they were, if they were playing Cincinnati or not. They could have easily been playing Jacksonville if uh, things went a different way in the Ravens Bengals game. No, I know, but uh, you're playing for the Bengals. I mean, I would assume so. Problem is when, like you said, it's the playoffs. You should not be having that mentality. You got to focus on what what's right in front of you. Agreed, but I I personally think they just overlooked. Well, Miami. I mean, listen, they had Your a lot of quarterbacks. Like, I just think they were just like, eh, whatever. Listen, there was we'll a lot win. of mistakes in this game by far from Buffalo, but there's they have an easy chance to make all, make up for all of it next week if they can beat Cincinnati. Yep. So we'll have to see what happens, but. I need to get into this next game because, oh, man, this one hits near and dear to my heart. Uh, the New York Giants going into Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to love it with you guys. After the way the first drive went for Minnesota, I did not have a lot of faith after that touchdown. I was really cringing and saying this is going to be a very, very long game because they drove down the field without you know, any discrepancies, took it you know, right down the field, Scored very, very, very quickly. And I got to give the Giants credit. They played by far one of their best offensive games, not only of this season, but of the past like 10, 10. seasons. Yeah, yeah. 10, <laughs> 15 seasons, you name it. I mean, what a job by this offense. Daniel Jones deserves all the credit in the world. By far his best game as a professional quarterback in the NFL. 301 yards passing, two passing touchdowns. He had 78 yards rushing. He's the first quarterback in playoff history to throw for 300 and run for over 70 yards in a postseason game. 
Phenomenal job by him. Saquon Barkley had two rushing touchdowns. He did just enough in the end of the game. And, you know, to the Vikings' credit, TJ Hawkins had a monster game. Kirk Cousins, look at the stats. He had a pretty good game as well. But when it push came to shove on the final play of the game for the Vikings, on a fourth and eight, they throw a three-yard check down, which, and Kirk, you know, as Kirk Cousins will say, he was trying to get the ball. Justin Jefferson did not have enough, you know, a lot of time at that point. Got hit by Dalvin Thomason as he threw the ball. So he had to make a quick decision. They come up short. Giants get the stop. They are able to run the clock out and win this game 31-24. to Giants get a big-time win on the road against the Vikings. Get some revenge from that Christmas Eve loss a couple weeks ago. And now the Giants, they move on to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles for the third time this season. They'll look to finally get their first win of the year against them. But guys, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful weekend for New York sports, to say the least. So when's the last time you had the day off on a victory Monday? I didn't. Well, remember, this is the first Giants playoff win since they beat the Patriots in in 2011-2012 season. So, Is it? Yeah. Yep. Holy wow. It has been a while, Johnson. All I'm you, you know, you said you said playoff win. That makes sense. I thought when yeah. you said playoff game, like I'm pretty sure that both pitcher exists. We but. yeah, we we played the Packers and that yeah, you that, lost. That, yeah. was, that was you the said playoff pitcher. win though. So yeah, that's that's yeah. where I'm getting a little confused. Yeah. If I, I like you know, we gave a lot of flack to Kirk Cousins playing in prime time. He played a very good game. I don't care about no, the check at the great. end. He played he enough. To, he played enough to lead that team to victory. If anyone needs to be embarrassed, it's the Minnesota defense. Listen, the the biggest key of this game, in my opinion, was how the Giants did well against Justin Jefferson. I know TJ yep. Hawkins had a great game, but look at how Justin Jefferson was handled the rest of this game. Forty-seven had, yards. I think he had three catches on or four on the first drive alone. Was held to just three or four at the rest of the way. That's a testament to Dory Jackson, who made his return in this game. Great to see him back on the field. This is the first time in weeks, Johnson. And Grayson, that the Giants had an injury report where yep. no one was was hurt. I mean, yep. yeah, you have to get healthy at the right time. We had said this about the Chargers that they need to get healthy at this yeah. time, and he did the exact opposite. They got the act, banged up. Absolutely. But if I if you want to, I don't want to single out defenders, but we have to talk about Patrick Peterson. Oh, he was getting he was getting burnt by we Isaiah have, Hodgins a lot in this game. We have to talk about that is embarrassing. You're That's a, Stephon, you're a Pro disgusting. Bowl, you're a Pro Bowl defensive yeah. back. And you're getting burned by guys who wouldn't wouldn't even make the practice squad on some teams. Okay, whoa, 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 <laughs> calm down. Hodgins is a really good, Hodgins is a solid receiver, and yeah, Slayton is. Yeah, but no one no one knew who he was before the season no, started. But I'm not going. You think I if Isaiah Hodgins makes squad, any of it? Okay, I say practice squad. Brother. That's a bit, that's a bit much. Brother, he was a six round pick. He got cut by the Bills. He gets signed by the Giants mid-season. He got cut by the Bills because they just didn't have a roster spot for him. Yeah, because they, were... they had more talented wide receivers. That's what I'm trying well, to yeah, say. They, I mean, the Bills are an exception. They have a ton of good wide receivers. You're starting Cole Beasley right now. Uh, stop. Cole Beasley is a solid option. This is Cole a stupid Beasley argument. Is a safe... I don't care. You Cole guys Beasley's are... a safe net. We're, but we're... besides the point. We're overlooking the fact Hodges had a monster game. I know Darius Slayer had a huge time drop, drop. late oh in the game, God. but he still had a very solid game to say the least. Obviously, I, you want to pick up on that and avoid those type of drops, so we'll see how he does against the Eagles. This but what weekend. I will say, too, is I, I mean, Dable's been a great coach so far. Oh, by far. I expect nothing. But my favorite part of that is Dable went straight to him 
to him and said, look, we're going to need you. Like, yeah. don't let that get to your head. We need you. That from a coach is everything you could want. All I could, another thing I say is what a great year to be a Giants fan. What, what a year to pick to finally commit myself to an NFL oh, team. Oh God. Nick, uh, I've been riding with them. I'm riding with years. them. I'll still be there. I'm still cringing because this dude. Yeah, you, this you literally dude... left the New York Yankees because they didn't win enough. I don't want to hear. No, anything. I left the New York Yankees because they're GM. Yeah, okay. and you wanted to leave this year too because they cut David Sills. That was a joke. Okay. I don't even cap that. You 100% believe that. I 100% believe that. No, it was yes. not. Brian Dable goat. I listen, I agree with you on that. Brian Dable is definitely a goat. Wink had a insane scheme in Wink this game. and Mike Kafka. Listen, they deserve right. a lot of credit. This is the reason why they're getting head coaching opportunities right now. 100%. Some teams potentially. Look at the Giants offense. They they played their best game, as I said, in, de- in decade, probably over a decade. Yeah. And the defense did just enough. They didn't, you know, get – they should have had a sack they, late in the game. That was stupid, very, rough. It was stupid rough on the passer. They played a very good game. I mean, they just – they just don't have the linebackers. That that was – that's this team's problem is no, their problem. line. That's been a problem. No, 100%. But, I mean – that's why Hawkinson had such a good game. The sa- I mean, the safeties could only do he, so he much. He did the same thing to us a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. It hurt them The difference Hawkinson. in this game and that game was that Justin, Jefferson, Justin was, Jefferson. Yeah, Justin yeah. Jefferson was a big reason why. And he was the 100%. reason why. He had that big catch that led to the 61-yard field yep. goal. And you and, kept Dalvin Cook pretty much contained. Yeah, I mean like, – there's a lot of positives in this game, and with the way that their you know the practice squad team played against the Eagles a couple weeks ago, you have to have faith that the Giants can maybe pull off another upset this upcoming weekend against the Eagles. I'll get into a little bit more of that when we make our picks for this upcoming divisional round. But as a Giants fan, I'm very happy with how the game ended and how the Loved result it. ended. Now we'll have to see how they do against Philadelphia. But the next game on our tail is the Sunday night game we have between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals didn't really look great in this game. You got to get the Ravens defense some credit. They really held Joe Burrow and company pretty much down to the wire. But a key goal line stand from the Bengals, which led to a Tyler Huntley fumble and a scoop and score for Sam Hubbard, leads to the Bengals hanging on 24-17. They move on to take on the Buffalo Bills in the divisional round. Meanwhile, for Baltimore now, they go into the offseason with a lot of questions. Um, John Harbaugh, what is his status as the head coach? Will Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, be fired? And Lamar Jackson, who didn't travel for this game with the team, have we seen the last of him as a Baltimore Raven? There's a lot of questions to be no, answered. He sat as he, he sat on his Pro Bowl game uh, just to get better odds of uh, getting drafted. So makes sense why he didn't sure. play. <laughs> and he, he listen, he might be getting paid a lot of money now. I don't know if it's going to be from Baltimore or for another team, but I don't he blame might be Lamar. New York Jet. I, I think he might be a Jet too. And I think he had written all over him. And I think that's like a very I good. Really agree. And I think that's like a very agree. good like conversation to have for us, like in a couple weeks, like where we think some of the top free agents are going oh, to 100%. sign. Um, I don't disagree with you. I think a lot of people believe it. Now, the only concern is that the Ravens could franchise tag him. Um, so there's that with with that concern. So they could easily just franchise. I mean, tag him then he just be, he just pull Zeke, can he? I mean, mm. I guess you could. But uh, not a Zeke. Not a Zeke. Um, oh, God. The guy who was a huge head case on Pittsburgh, the running back. His name escapes me. 
Oh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, yeah. Bell. Yes, pull Le'Veon. Oh, yeah, perfect. That'd be perfect for the Jets. Go full circle. Yeah. Um, Except I, I don't think Lamar's washed, so I think he'll, he'll be fine that... Uh, yeah, that, uh, that Le'Veon Bell that thing. Aspect. Did, uh, yeah, did, yeah. That, that, that did not work. That blew up in their face. Um, um, yeah, anyway, I mean, Cincinnati, I mean, they'll have a chance now to play the game that realistically didn't never never got finished. They get to play the, the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo this upcoming weekend. That should be a great game, to say the least. Um, we'll have to figure out where Lamar Jackson goes from here, where the Ravens go from here. Um, like I said, that, that would definitely be a discussion which we'll have on the podcast in a couple weeks of where some of the big-time free agents will go. And there's one more guy that we're going to have to talk about that potentially will be leaving his current team and going to another team. And that's another quarterback, and it's one that Johnson knows and loves, Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's just face facts. They got absolutely steamrolled last night on Monday Night Football by the Dallas Cowboys. They lose this one 31-14. Despite the Cowboys missing four extra points from Brett Mayer, they still win this game pretty much dominantly. Brady and company just looked really, really bad offensively. They ran the ball for 52 yards as a team. Brady had to throw the ball 66 times, which is an ast- astonishing number to say the least. And the Cowboys, they win a playoff game. They they, they actually do it. And I think, Johnson, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time they've beaten Tom Brady in his yes, entire career. They, they were 0-7 against Tom Brady, and they hadn't won a playoff game on the road, I think, 25-plus years. Yeah. So the Cowboys, as much as I hate to say it, they get to move on. To the divisional round, they will take on the San Francisco 49ers next week. Well, Nick, um, yeah, you also saw that they fired their OC, right? You're talking about uh, Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, Tampa Bay fired their OC uh, uh, yeah. after this performance. I, I don't blame them. I mean, what else can you say? This is a team that has a lot of offensive weapons, and they just looked really bad this season. Leonard Fournette, yeah. who had who had a lot of you know expectations going into the season, he looked pretty much abysmal. Got benched at one point for. Uh, receipt. I think it's pronounced Rashad White. Correct me if I'm wrong. If anyone wants to, you know, roast me on that on Twitter or whatever, go right ahead. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but Tampa Bay's offense just looked absolutely terrible the entire year, and that also was a factor of their offensive line being hurt most of the season. They got Ryan Jansen, their setting their center back last night. That didn't really help them much either way, and their defense looked really, really bad in this game too, which has been a staple. The games they started are pretty strong defensively, but once the Cowboys scored that first touchdown, Tampa Bay's defense just realistically just fell asleep at the rest of this game. Dak had four passing touchdowns, three hundred five yards passing. They were able to run for one hundred twenty eight yards as a team. So Dallas, as much as I don't want to give them credit, they did just enough to win this game. Now we have to decide what is Tom Brady's future. Is it his last NFL game? Is it his it looks like it's going to be his last game as a Buccaneer, by for sure. Um, so now we'll have to see what Tampa Bay goes from here. They'll most likely be drafting a quarterback, in my opinion, in the draft. I don't think they really have the capital, you know, the cap space to. Would you want to try out Kyle Trask for a year if he does leave? No, I don't think you can. Because you got to remember, he hasn't been the backup for them. It's been Blaine Gabbert. Nope. Oh God, I, has it? Oh, yeah. yeah, I think I yep. think you're going to be seeing Tampa Bay looking at a quarterback in this upcoming draft. I could see them drafting. I don't I mean, know. Kyle Trask is such a good story, though. Trask would be a good story. The problem is, I think, you know, I was a huge fan of Trask coming out of the draft. And I just think that, you know, it's kind of that story has kind of like gone away from him because he could have easily been the backup for Brady the last couple of years. But 
they've really essentially made him the third string. And sometimes, most of the time, it just made him an inactive quarterback. So, yes, he's lured under Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. So, maybe you could say that. But I so, would lean towards a new regime. You want to get a new quarterback. So, I would think they're going to draft someone this upcoming draft. The question is going to be, who will that quarterback be? So, also a fun fact about Kyle Trask. He was actually named after Kyle Field where Texas A&M plays at football games because his parents and a lot of his family members actually attended Texas A&M. They were huge Texas A&M fans growing up, so I guess he was the quarterback of the wrong SEC team, but that's just a fun little tidbit about uh, Kyle Trask. Interesting to say the least, but for the first time in playoff history, when we talk about tidbits, um, we have three, three out of the four remaining NFC teams are all from the same division, the NFC East. Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants are Has this all ever forward. happened? This is the first time in playoff history. I thought it never happened before. That makes a lot of sense, yep. especially with them adding the seven seed. It seems like it's more uh, more likely for it to happen. Yeah, yeah and, and but think of it. But even if that's the case, remember the Giants would. Yeah, the Giants seed. still would have made it. Yeah, it still would have right. been history either way. Even if you didn't have a seven seed. Um, Agreed. So, with that being said, now I think it's time to get into Johnson and definitely Grayson's favorite type of uh, part of the show where we decide who is going to be winning this upcoming weekend's matchups. There are four games to be totaled in the divisional round. Some very interesting lines and you know spreads, to say the least. And we'll start off with the first game. On Saturday, kicking off the divisional round, Jacksonville going into Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. The current line from this game, if I'm reading correctly, Chiefs eight and a half favorites. Over under is fifty two and a half. So I have it at fifty three. So either way, fifty three, fifty two and a half, whatever it looks like on on your whatever sporting book you're looking at or whatever website you're looking at, should be a very fun game between these two teams. Jacksonville obviously will look to try to avoid what they did in the first half of their game against the Chargers because they face a very formidable opponent in the Kansas City Chiefs, who they have played already this season. So they'll look to make up for their mistakes they did the first time. Guys, what is your pick for this game? Okay, Give me the over. Before we, uh, before we go even that, is it degenerative me that I put in my instant reaction bet for this week already? Yeah, because it's uh, it's Tuesday. You have a full, yeah. almost a full week. You have five days ahead of you. Yeah, I put this bet in yesterday. Yeah, that's a problem. Okay. and 1-800-GAMBLER for anyone who does that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, I put it in this morning, but <laughs> officially. Um, so for Johnson, go. I'm sorry, you're just taking the over for this game. Give me, yeah. give me, give me the over. The Chiefs have a high-powered offense. The Jaguars looks like Trevor Lawrence kind of had his rookie quarterback, or you know, first-time playoff quarterback. His shakes, he kind of got that all over the system. I don't think he throws any more picks. Uh, I'd be kind of surprised if he's going to start his playoff career with five or six picks in the, his first year. I'd be a little surprised to me. So I think he got that out of his system. With that being said, I think that uh, they can muster up 21 points on offense. I think the Chiefs were, can the Chiefs would muster up like 35 or so. Maybe 28, 35, something like that. I like a high-scoring game, so give me the over at 52 and a half. Yeah, um, I'm also riding the over, and I'm actually taking Jacksonville plus eight and a half. Um, I really think that this past week is going to give them a ton of confidence. I don't think they're going to win this game, but I think they're going to keep it close enough to cover. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence has been, like Johnson just said, I think he might have gotten that 
playoff jitters out. And with the way he played down the stretch, I just I really have a good feeling they'll be able to keep this game close. At least I'm hoping so. Just as a viewer and as a as a gambler. All right, Nick, give us your take. Um, so when it comes out of this game, obviously these two teams played earlier this season. The Chiefs won that game 27 to 17. So Jacksonville did keep it close in that one as well. Not a lot of points were scored in that game. Patrick Mahomes did throw for four touchdowns. But that was realistically one of the last games you saw Jacksonville's offense. You know, Kyle looked bleak and not really good. They were at that point that that loss fell to three and seven. Obviously, they finished the year nine and eight. So they learned a lot from that game and for the rest of the season. For the Chiefs, I mean, it's tough to really say that their offense is not going to score. I don't really want to take the over under because I, I took a lot of unders last week, Johnson. You see it. I, it was not a good week for me to say the least. Always gonna, ride the over. Come I'm on. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just go alternate spread. I'm gonna take the Chiefs minus seven. I just think going into Arrowhead, it's a very, very tough environment to play in, especially so for So if you would take Chiefs minus seven, you'd think why not just take Jags eight and a half and get better yeah. um and get better odds. Um I mean I've just yeah, I, the money's not that big of a difference. I don't think it's much Hmm. Uh, if you I mean, the Chiefs are gonna win by seven or by round seven, you Jags eight and a half makes more sense to me. Yeah, but he's also then put in the perspective of like sevens as low as he thinks they're going to win with the potential of them winning bigger. So like I kind of see it that way. Sure, but if, sure, that, that's if fair. that was the case, then I mean, I yeah, I, I just with don't. I I don't. I took them at fucking seven and a half, maybe. Even I don't. Eight. I don't trust the the like I, the Jaguars. I just don't think they're going to cover the eight and a half. That's my only my only issue with that. Um. I think the Chiefs could easily win by seven, but I think they could win by more than that. I like I said, this is for a team. That's this fair. Is their, no, I, I just wanted no, to break down. That's it's fair. Their, it's their second playoff game for most of them, and they're going into Arrowhead, which is not going to be easy, especially for communication. You know, obviously Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost a game in his entire career on a Saturday, but I just think unfortunately they're facing a very very tough opponent on the road. I think that streak's going to end, and the Chiefs are just a so, better team. At so the end of the day. Chiefs minus seven is your pick. <sighs> I'll go Chiefs minus eight. You can you can get minus eight. Okay, so you get to, you you want uh, the half a point. I'll take right. the, the half. I'll take the half a point. Yeah, you'll at least right. get a little get a little more money. Out yeah. Of that. All right. Not much, but. So going into our next game, Nick, this is going to be probably the game of the week. Any game, I, I don't care if the Chiefs are playing. I don't care if the Cowboys, Niners, Bengals. I want to say this. Is the, yeah, I want to play. This is the think, game of the week. This is the game. Many people are going to have their. For this me, is a Saturday night game. Yeah. It's prime time. NFL wants this, but they want people glued to the TV screen watching this. It's the New York Football Giants going on the road into Philadelphia, into Philadelphia, facing the Eagles. Eagles are seven and a half point favorites at home. Over under is currently slated at forty and a half. Before you make your picks, this is a stat from Caesar's Sportsbook as of this afternoon. The public money is all on the Giants this week. Eighty-eight percent of money is on New York Giants plus seven. And eighty three percent of the money is on the New York Giants money line at plus two uh two eighty five right now. They're they're they <laughs> so are, the public is hammering the Giants before even you make your pick. They're sensing a two thousand seven to two thousand eleven run. That's why. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. The Giants are, have either been all in or nothing the last twenty years, so that's why. Yeah, right, that's you guys true. go. I'll make my pick last. Um, I guess I'll. I'll choose Johnson. You should go first. Give me the over. Uh, the Eagles couldn't defend a third-string giant squad a couple weeks ago. Like Kenny Galladay scored a touchdown on them. That's all I have to say. And I know the Eagles are going to get their points, too, so give me the over. 
uh, I'm actually all, I was also really thinking the over. Um, I'm feeling the over, and oh god, my heart wants to take Giants money line, but I'm gonna be safe and take them at seven and a half. As much as I think they can win this game. Uh, it's really going to come down to how healthy Jalen Hurts is, and we'll find that out early on in this game. Right. Like, and last- if J- if Jalen Hurts is healthy, I I think this he is healthy. This he's going to play. Uh, no, but I'm saying how healthy. Yeah, like, yeah that, that's true. That's he what did, I'm he saying. Did, like, he didn't look good in that game. When that's what I'm saying. Played. Like, like I know he's healthy, but like I'm saying, how healthy is he? Um, if he's fully healthy, God, it's going to be a tough night. It, it's going to be tough to contain Listen, him. Listen, I think the Giants easily get three touchdowns. Uh, do they get more than that? I don't know. But yeah, it's, so, 100%. That's I why I like Nick, the over. No offense. I could, I could see the game ending 28-21 where the Giants cover and the over yeah. hits too. So that's, that's a game yes, I see. It's, it's a score I easily see. But, Nick, give me a pick. Uh, Johnson, I told you last week, I'm trying to avoid taking any money line or spread when it comes to the Giants because I'm not trying to mush them. I just want to play it safe. That's why I took the over, the under last week. Obviously, a loss. Could care less because it worked in the Giants' favor. I'm just going to take the over, just play it safe once again. I'm hoping that they can pull this one off, especially against a division rival, and move on to the, the conference championship, which would be an astonishing feat, considering this was supposed to be kind of, you know, not even a rebuilding season, just, you know, kind of an evaluation year and see what you had in some of these guys. You kind of know now what you have in them. Uh, the fact that you're here at this point and have a chance to pull off another big-time upset would be huge, especially against the Eagles. So I'm just going to play it safe. I will take the over, and I will pray the Giants can pull off another big-time upset. No, I respect that. You're not going to miss your team. Uh, and this was our first agreement. Everyone took the over. But yep. the last time we had that, last time we all it's picked the same on. thing. It's going under. Uh, no, 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 because this doesn't happen very rarely that we all pick the same thing. The last three times which we've all picked the same thing was in uh, the week before the playoffs, week uh, week 18. Week yeah, we had we had the Bengals game, the Steelers game, yeah, and we also had the Packers game. So we are currently two and one. Yeah, when we all pick when we all when we all pick as a as a unit. So yeah, uh, this could be good. This could be bad. Uh, we'll find out. Like I Going said, into over, our, the over under won't kill me because either way, either no. the Giants could hopefully win the game and the under you know happens, or they could hopefully win the game and the over happens. So we'll see. Going into this next game, I will make one statement before I start. The Bengals and Bills game should be played on a neutral site game, and no one will ever convince me otherwise. Cincinnati Bengals going into Orchard Park in the Buffalo, playing the Bills on the road. Bills are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Over-under is slated at 48. Who would like to start us off? Um, I guess I'll start. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go the over again. Buffalo's defense didn't really show me anything to say that they could stop them. And you got burnt toast out there in Eli Apple. So uh, the Bills are going to score points. 48 really isn't. Do you have it at 48 or 48 and a half? I have it at 48. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, over 100%. Um, How do I want? I'm taking Cincinnati straight. You're taking since you're taking Bengals money line over forty eight, correct? Yep. Um, uh, Joe Shiesty. <laughs> man, do I, I love that kid. 
as much as I love Josh Allen, I think the weapons that of Burrow and Higgins and Mixon, I just think it's going to be too much for Buffalo. All right. Uh, and Nick, cap us off. Uh, what do you have, John? Do you have the over for this game, right? Uh, yes, I do. All right. Well, I'm also going to take the over, so we'll all agree on that. But however, there will be a discrepancy. I have said it all year that the Buffalo Bills were my Super Bowl pick. I'm not going to start, you know, changing that pick now. I have Buffalo winning this game. Um, whether it's four and a half or minus five, I'm just going to take the money line, just play it safe. I know it's probably like minus 220, 240, whatever that odds is. I don't really I don't care. I think it's that much. I don't think it's that much. I think it's closer uh, to like I have it at 240. I said that so, much, really. Yeah, I did just yeah. guess the spread. It's minus five, minus yeah, four. Because the half, Eagles, the Eagles one is seven and a half, and that money line's at two eighty five. That's why. I didn't I, yeah, that's weird. Well, I mean, okay. The Eagles are minus three sixty five. Oh, so. that, that that line really moved. Then God. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, like I said, Buffalo was my preseason pick to win the Super Bowl. Um. I'm not gonna change anything from here on in. This was the game where we were expect. You know, we're hoping to see a couple weeks ago. Obviously, the whole situation that happened in Cincinnati. Now we get to see this game fully played out in Buffalo. I just think the Bills are going to want to respond from how badly they played last week, and I think they do that against the Bengals team that's very hungry. Two of the hottest teams in the NFL. I just think Buffalo gets it done at the end of the day. All right, that's your take, and I'll have to respect it. Tapping off this second round of the playoffs, two teams fighting to go to the NFC Championship. Uh, Dallas Cowboys on the road, but every game they feel they play feels like a home game. Going into Santa Clara, going against the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers, which are the home team, are four-point favorites. And the over-under is slated at 46 and a half. Someone start us off. I'll start. Um, I'm not touching the over-under this time. I'm just straight out taking San Fran minus seven and a half. Uh, You're taking 49ers alternative spread, seven and a half. Yep. Um, I just... I think the Cowboys played a lackluster Buccaneers team with a I don't aging is an understatement. Um a geriatric quarterback. Really, with... buddy? <laughs> really? Oh boy. You, you have you Russell touched, Wilson who has you literally less him. touchdowns, has more bathrooms in his house you with touchdowns than touched touched geriatric. I mean I didn't say Russell Wilson wasn't. I've never heard you call him geriatric. Yeah, but he didn't just lose a playoff game. You're right, because Russell Wilson was on his couch. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, they traded a team. Whatever, that's beside the point. He was bad this year. But Brady should have been in the retirement home this season. Um, And honestly, I just think San Francisco's weapons up and down the field are just too much. I think it's – I think they have way too much talent. As good as I think the Cowboys can be, I still don't trust Dak. So I'm I'm trusting the 49ers, seven and a half. All right. Uh, I guess I will start and just give me the over again. 49ers have a high-powered offense with Brock Purdy under center. I believe they have failed, or I shouldn't say failed, they haven't gotten less than, I think, 27, 28, 29 points in a game with him on the center. And that's a lot of data so far. That's almost 10 games now at this point. Yeah, the only game they've gone under was the Seahawks game where they scored 21. Yeah, that is the only game. So any other game has been over 27 points. So yep. half that is already accounted for, and 
Dallas, I think they will have another high-powered game on offense. Maybe Dak will throw some more picks, maybe some pick sixes, even get that score up a little bit more. But the point at the end of the day I'm, I'm trying to make is these teams are both going to be throwing the ball because it's going to be a tightly contested game. So it's not like some teams can get really far ahead and they're just going to start running it out, and that's going to be it. No, it's going to be, it's going to be a shootout. So give me the over at 46 and a half. Um, my pick is going to be Naira's alternate minus three. Um, the only reason is I think this will be a very tightly you know contested game. I'm I really like the under in this game, truth be told, because I think these defenses will come out and play. Um, the issue for me in this game is I think at the end of the day it's going to come down to kicking, and we saw what happened with the Cowboys this past week with Brett Maher and their extra points. The Niners have a very big-time veteran, Robbie Gold, who has made some big-time clutch kicks. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think Robbie Gold will hit a game-winning field goal at the end of the game to send San Francisco to the NFC Championship game. And I'm also making that pick because screw the Cowboys. I don't want them to win. So go Niners. All right. So that I guess that will wrap us up now. That, yeah, that was, that was definitely non-biased. I can tell you that. Right, yeah, definitely not non-biased yeah. sports entertainment over here. Yeah, obviously, no, no, definitely no bias here. But like you said, uh, Super Wildcard Weekend was definitely super to say the least. Some great time action. We'll have to see how the rest of the postseason fares out. You know, eight teams left. Four games this week should be a fun one. We'll see who will be in the conference championship game next week with in the AFC and in the NFC as we get very much closer to seeing who will be in this year's Super Bowl. But that is going to do it for the All Gas No Break Sports Show here. A great time NFL weekend. Some great action upcoming. We'll have to see how it all fans out and who will make the Super Bowl at the end of the day. Once again, this is Nicholas Bavona joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G. Marino with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend. <laughs>